Hey everybody, and welcome back to Wish Upon a Star, the unofficial Disney Song by Song podcast. My name is Frodo the Lawyer. My name's Amanda the Person, and just like the dinosaurs who came to New York, we're back. Yes, we're back. I actually really like that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, I like that way more than The Land Before Time when I was a little kid. I mean, I loved The Land Before Time, but like, it's so sad. I loved yeah. Ducky, though. Ducky was my favorite dinosaur. Yeah. Like, when we're back, they go to, like, parade, like a parade and stuff, you know. Right. No, it's like, and although, do, do some of the dinosaurs still die and we're back? Well, there's that really creepy scene at the end where the villain becomes a bunch of crows. Mm. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. But it's there aren't, like, 40 of them like there are of the land before time, which I think they're still making. They could be. They could be. Um, anyway, yeah. Disney. <laughs> yeah, those were not Disney movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, so 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 we don't we disown them on this yes. podcast. We are not gonna cover uh, the We're Back song, the Roll Back the Rock to the Dawn of Time, and sing this song with me. I'm amazed that you remember that. I, I know too much about that movie. That was literally one of my favorite movies. <laughs> it's. Um, I mean, it's a great movie. I didn't remember the song, but it's a yeah. great movie. Um. But yes. We are here to discuss, in episode 26 of Wish Upon a Star, the song Mexico from the movie The Three Caballeros. Oh, right, the well-known song, Mexico. Mexico, with all your romance, your song of love will live forever after. Now, Amanda, I know that you... Uh, you care a little bit more about another song in this movie, I, I presume. I I do care much more about the Three Caballeros, but I don't think I'm, like, unique in that specifically. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> now, the, the reason we are only dedicating an episode, so to speak, to the song Mexico is because that is the only song in this movie that has both original music and lyrics. Uh, yeah. Whereas the much more well-known song, The Three Caballeros, is one of several songs in the movie that took an earlier written song that was written in Spanish or Portuguese or whatever. And they Spanish. just added... Yes, or for one, other ones, yes. Right, okay, for okay. other ones, Portuguese, yes. Three Caballeros written in Spanish, and they just added some English lyrics on and threw it in a, in a Disney movie. So that's why we're not going to be dedicating a specific episode to it, but don't worry, we're covering the whole shebang, the whole movie, The Three Caballeros, so we'll, we'll touch on it all. Yeah, welcome to our segment of weird episodes, where they're all going to be kind of like this, where we're just like... Here's the song. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so this is uh, this movie, The Three Caballeros. It's from 1944, so a mm-hmm. few years after Saludos Amigos. It is yeah. a direct, direct, in quotes, sequel to Saludos Amigos because it is also from the same good neighbor policy, funding from the federal government, you know. Yeah, and by Donald sequel, I mean, you mean that they have no real story in common, <laughs> but also neither of them really have a story? Yeah. So... Well, it's another Latin American-focused movie with Donald Duck, our friend uh, – let's see if we can pronounce it correctly. Jose. 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 <laughs> and then we have a third and new friend to form the third of the three caballeros. Yes. Panchito. Panchito. Panchito Pistoles. Yes, which, no. Or sorry, go on. Yes, Panchito Pistoles, Pistoles is not a real word in Spanish, but Pistolas means guns. Yeah, he likes guns, our friend Panchito. Yeah, which you'd, make, you'd think would make him uh, an American, but... <laughs> but 
Yeah, unfortunately, we can't ask Dustin to come back on and help us with pronunciation because of the other weird thing about this episode, which is that we're recording it in the middle of the day. Yeah, that's that's weird. I think this is this the first one we've recorded during the day besides our live episode. We we did a few on the weekends during. Okay, the day. fair, but this is a week. This is a Wednesday that we're recording. Yes. <laughs> Yes, this is, uh, for historical reference, this is the really, really cold day that happened in January, late January 2019. <laughs> yes, so it is too cold for Frodo to leave the hey, house. Hey, don't disclose my location. <laughs> it is too cold in wherever Frodo lives for him to leave the house. I will not disclose the location. We will hear. Let's just, let's just bleep it out for fun. Frodo lives in... Uh, yeah, so we're recording this during the day, and... Yes. So if we have a weird energy, that's why I haven't had the whole day to like settle in, have my glass of mm-hmm. wine, lean backwards right. in the chair while it's dark outside. I can like see the sun outside. I mean, I can't because it's pretty gloomy and snowish here too. But I can see the daylight, mm-hmm. and I have to like go back to work after this. <laughs> well, let's get through this pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess to start off, the movie begins with Donald Duck being present and opening a bunch of. Presents from it's his birthday. Yeah, felicitaciones, Donald, <laughs> Patito Donald. So, Donald's opening a bunch of presents from different countries, and the first one he opens is uh, some sort of home movie contraption that teaches him about birds. Yeah, you know, like we all get for our birthdays. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest, this part of the movie kind of bored me a little bit. There's this long, it's a very long segment about a penguin who doesn't like the cold. If I can be honest, a lot of this movie kind of bored me. I was watching it on an airplane. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I was coming back from New Mexico, so I thought it would be, like, thematically appropriate. Yeah, yeah. It was. (laughs) But New Mexico is more interesting than this movie was. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. This one's a little longer than Saludos Amigos, which was... I think that's what we, got me. Yeah, we said that was around 40 minutes, and we really liked the, the brevity of it. Yeah. This one's pushing an hour 10, so it's like, by the end, you're like, I get the point. You know? Yeah, it's like, okay, it's Latin America. Yeah. Donald is weirdly sexualized. Yeah. Let's There's move on. There's not that much cool stuff about Latin America, guys. Like, you could have handled <laughs> one movie. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Well, there is, but not just the bits where Donald gawks at women. Right, right. Which could be the subtitle of this movie. Yes, very... Uh, very questionable behavior by our good friend Donald. We'll get into that later in the film. <laughs> but at the beginning, yeah, he's watching this this penguin. Uh, it's a cartoon, and it's narrated by Sterling Holloway. The only thing that I <laughs> wrote down that I even care about from this... Is that the, the Twilight Zone guy? No. No. Sterling Holloway is the voice of Winnie the Pooh. We've already oh, right, seen right, him right, right, right. be the stork uh, in Dumbo. The... I don't know what the name of the... Rod Sterling. guys. Oh, oh it, so, that would be a that would be a great Jeopardy before and after. Oh yeah, question yeah. Uh, Maybe it's Ron Sterling. No. I don't know. I'm pulling this off the dome. I think it's Rod. I could look it up, Rod. but I think it's Rod. Yeah, daytime energy. It's all weird. Uh, the only thing I have written down about the penguin segment is that they call Sterling Holloway uh, before he starts narrating. They call him Professor Holloway, which he's. Clearly not a professor of anything, <laughs> so that reminded me kind of of, like, my Professor Frodo, you know, the thing that my, uh... Maybe your new alter persona. ego should be Professor Holloway. Yeah. Like, Professor Frodo's I, retired, I just... but Professor Holloway is here to tell you about Antarctica and penguins. Yes. Antarctica is actually warmer than Chicago today. That's fun. Oh, that is fun. Fun, fun note. Not that you live in Chicago, uh, you're just saying that. Oh, yes, right. Yeah, <laughs> 
Yeah. Someone might. Someone live could there. live there. Uh, I bet some of our yeah. listeners live there. I know some of our listeners live there. Yeah. Hope you're all bundled up, friends. Do you have anything else to say about that segment, or should we move on to uh, the next I stuff? I mean, it was a cute penguin who, like, hated the cold and then, like, went on a boat trip, and, like, it was fun. I liked it. Yeah. Let's move on. Like, there's not... I don't think there's much right. to talk. There's no, like, music. No. no there's no music. No okay. characters we really cared about. Like, the penguins were fine. I liked that the penguins looked sad all the time. Like, they were fun animations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 well animated. Yeah. Uh, the, the next segment is a quick little thing with this bird called the Araquan bird. Yeah, and he, like, pops up places, right? Yes. He's, he's like, this little trickster type of Yeah, I feel like creature. I've seen him in other media. Yeah, I think that he's been... And this has been a while since I looked this up, but I believe he's been in House of Mouse, as everyone else has. Okay, yeah, everyone is in House of Mouse. It's the place to be. One day, Frodo, you and I are going to be in House of Mouse. I hope so. Mm-hmm. I, I do hope so. Please start an internet petition, <laughs> listeners, to put us in House of Mouse. It is, I don't even know if they're still making that, but like, just you know, retroactively stick us it into It might be the... just the Mickey Mouse Club now, okay. like the Mickey Mouse yeah, Clubhouse, yeah. where the hot dog song right. happens. Mm-hmm. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. They do a dance. Uh, it's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Daytime uh, yes. energy. So the Araquan bird, yeah, he's just this little thing. He goes like... Yeah, it's like... It, he has some cool, like... <laughs> it's, it's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's like that. It's like the... Yeah, can you yeah. put a clip of it in, Frodo? Is that possible? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Great. It's going here. <laughs> Uh, then after the bird, there's another video that Donald watches of the flying donkey burrito. Yeah, uh, which little, again little was donkey. super cute. Not a lot to like talk about. Yeah, he he you know he's in a race and he has to. At first, he's afraid to to use his wings, but then he does, and then he's really fast. Yeah, that kind of, that kind of stuff. Uh, my only note on that segment is at the very end, the narrator, who is the little boy who rides the donkey, uh, at the end of the race, <laughs> yeah, he's, he, they fly away and he says, neither him nor me was ever seen again as long as we lived. That uh, was my favorite thing. I love that so much. <laughs> that, that specific line? Yeah. What, like, what, what a delightful commentary on storytelling that was. Yeah. <laughs> I just really enjoyed it. Well, I was wondering, like, where did where did he go? Like, he was like a little boy. Did they just like go like join the circus? Did they go on the were they like on the run from the feds? Like, what were they? <laughs> what is? I mean, they they clearly joined the House of Mouse. That's true. Yeah, everyone does. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I, I just imagined, you know, they were never they were never seen again as long as we live. Like, maybe they just immediately died. Is that what he's trying to get at? Like, the ooh, t- maybe. <gasps> you know what? I think it's time for. Oh my god. Cue the theme song. Okay, so I have a theory. Yes. Invisibility. <laughs> 
It's not like as, as widespread a theory. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's it. That's the whole theory. Pretty, but it, it makes yeah, it, but it, it makes sense because they were never seen again, and we right. hear his disembodied voice telling the story. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he was just sitting next to Donald the entire segment. Yeah, Donald just didn't see him because he's invisible. All right. Yeah, and maybe whenever you hear a bump, maybe that's what all the like they say that the, like Disney World and Disneyland are, like kind of haunted. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the invisible um, burrito and his and his <laughs> racing friend, yeah. like wandering in Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, that seems as plausible as anything else to me. It really does. That's probably your best theory so far. It's certainly the one that's the simplest. Right, it's very concise, you know, just one word. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Good stuff. End of theory. Done. I also think it's amusing that I'm pretty sure the theme song was longer than the segment. Just that. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next Next, next segment. The next segment is... When our friend Jose reappears, and he Yay. is in a book about Brazil, and they open it up, and it's all about Bahia. Which I've never been to, but looks super cool. Yeah, it looks like a cool place in Brazil. Uh, we did cover this a lot in a s interview that I did with Rico, so yes. that will be appearing as a bonus episode where you will be able to hear me talk specifically about all of the Brazilian sections of Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros. With, with, with the real Brazilian. With a real-life Brazilian. Not just Dustin when he decides to come <laughs> on and say, like, three words and then leave again. But, yeah, it's a good interview, so check it out. It's a bonus episode. Uh, Frodo and Rico talking about stuff. Uh, yep. It's going to be our spinoff podcast. Right. But just generally in this segment... Like we've been talking about, there's a lot of horny Donald going on. There is, and I don't, I don't care for it. Surpri- surprising no one, I'm un- it makes me uncomfortable. Like, yeah, it it very much dates the sections with him. You know, like yeah, it, I, it, that's a good way of putting it. I imagine that at the time he was kind of appealing to a lot of you know young boys and gals who you know that was something they were used to seeing this young. Navy type of guy who's out to get some gals and uh, yeah. get some kisses. Well, and also, like, I think it's somewhat important to note that, like, these films weren't necessarily marketed to, like, children children at the time. Like, mm-hmm. everyone would go see these movies. Yeah. So it's not the part where it's like, this is for kids, that's inappropriate. It's his behavior at any age is inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's not the, like, the fact that, like, well, Donald Duck's a kid's character. It's like, no, he wasn't super kid's character then. He was an everyone character. He's still acting like a dick, but <laughs> sort of two separate things there. Yeah, he's very much entitled to getting the kisses and, uh... Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, it pops up throughout the rest of the movie, too. Like, the way that they talk about the women and stuff. Yeah, he calls a lot of people toots. He does. Which, you know, like, as a word, I think is kind of funny. You know, like, toots. It's just, like, a funny it- <laughs> word. But it's just... Yeah, it's not used in a well, respectful way. Well, in the way. Donald Duck voice, it sounds extra creepy. He's like, "Hi, touch!" Like, I can't, I can't do Donald Duck, but like, it just sounds extra weird and gross and aggressive. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> Admittedly, if you also came up to someone and said, "Hi, touch," that wouldn't like none of it sounds yeah. good. We've briefly discussed Donald Duck kind of generally, but have we really like, you know, delved, doved into him? Um, he was he was voiced delved into the duck. Oh, he was voiced by Clarence Nash, who is. The guy who voiced Donald Duck. I don't know if we've mentioned him yet, but Donald <laughs> Duck was has been around since the little or the wise little hen in 1934. So he had been around for ten years in just you know, shorter Disney cartoons. 
but mm-hmm. well, and he was wildly popular right. too. Yeah, and, and it says uh, according to Wikipedia, several of his films were recognized at Academy Awards. I don't. I don't know what, that is. <laughs> what a vague statement! Not a, not a very good fact. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean he was a big, big star. But this is his his time to shine on the feature film stage. Yeah, and he messed it up. Yep. With with all of his horniness. Mm-hmm. No wonder that Mickey Mouse became number one. Actually, when, when I, I looked at his Wikipedia page and lists some phrases that Donald is, is known for, some memorable phrases, uh-huh. um, and it lists, what's the big deal, off fooey and Hiya toots. So he's, he's known for Hiya toots. This is not a one-off thing that he's doing oh, Donald. in this movie. He's, no. he's all about the toots. About that toots. <laughs> No, Donald. I mean, I, I I like some aspects of Donald. I like how he's kind of Looney Tunesy, you know, pulling hammers out of nowhere and getting involved in slapstick humor, which you know is fun and it's different than what yeah. we usually see with with um, the more innocent Mickey Mouse. But mm-hmm. yes, there are examples of. 1940s sexism that bleed into his characters. Right. No, I mean, and I love the, like, I love the slapstick. I, like, I like Donald a lot as a character, except for this one feature, but, like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, I think Donald's better than that, and I think Daisy would agree. TBH. Mm. Yeah, when does, do you know when, offhand, when Daisy was introduced? No, but if you give me ten seconds and then cut that gap out of the, out of the podcast, <laughs> I can find out for you. Oh, well, she, well, she was created in 1940 as the girlfriend of Donald Duck, so he was cheating on her with all these tootses. Aw, Donald. Off fooey. And apparently she had a precursor who came out in 1937 called Donna Duck. Mm, not the same. Not the same. Yeah. Also, it says, um, I'm on answers.com, you know, noted mm. source. <laughs> um, and it says, is Donald Duck married to Daisy Duck? It says, no, Daisy and Donald are not spouses, but they are in a serious relationship and may be engaged here shortly. <laughs> like, answers.com com is going to be the one who breaks the news on Donald and Daisy's engagement. Everyone Watch said that to your TMZ. homepage, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep up with that hot goss. Okay, well, so Donald goes to Bahia with Josette, and they... They do that whole dance sequence, which we talk about in the bonus episode. Mm-hmm. But after all of that, we finally get our third of the three caballeros. Hey, you know, the reason that the movie was named this, and it comes in like 40 minutes into the movie? Yes, yes. Panchito, the Mexican rooster. Panchito yes. Pistoles. Yep, a perfectly good representation of all Mexican people. Yeah. The wild, gun-wielding, crazed rooster. Yeah, his representation is probably the most uh, generalizing. Yeah, I mean, just, Jose is is not bad. You know, they do no, it. It's, I we mean, we also, talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that in Saludos Amigos. Panchito does not does not hit the nail quite as well on the head in terms of not being bad and racist. Well, I mean, it's, we, he could have multitudes behind him in his personality, but we don't get to see sure, them. We All we see, see are, are, are we just see his gun toting. Yeehaw in uh Well and he's persona. named after Guns, yes. Guns. So like that's not a great sign. Yeah. Uh his gun even sings. It has a little uh Yeah, I was actually it, pretty uncomfortable <laughs> when they point the gun straight at the camera and have the gun sing. I did not care for that. No. I, I mean I think that as a moment. You know, at, at the time 
that this came out, you know, the sort of, sort of gun use had a very Hollywood, uh, old west quality to it, you know. Sure, and I think that they um, were giving Panchito that sort of like old west cowboy vibe. Yeah, you know, honestly, maybe more than like a stereotypical Mexican vibe. So I don't think people right. even really had as much of a stereotypical Mexican idea. Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, this didn't help contribute to it, but there's a lot of like, hey, like Panchito's a cowboy, but in Mexico, so let's just make him an Americanized cowboy, but Mexican. Yes. I want to talk a little bit generally about why why are they called the Three Caballeros? I mean, obviously, that's the name of the song that they sing. But the word caballero, it doesn't directly translate to cowboy, which is how they use it in the movie. So the word caballero in Spanish means something more like a knight or a gentleman. I mean, the direct kind of literal translation would be a horseman because caballo is horse right what is the word for cowboy in spanish so the word for cowboy in spanish is really vaquero which means like guy who deals with cows right right as opposed to a horse guy but like that's what a cowboy is in right latin america and honestly in america too yes so in america we call them cowboys even though you know when we think of a cowboy in a in a movie we're not thinking about like john wayne rustling cattle we're thinking about him you know being this like knight this gentleman so it does kind of makes some sense in that you know Mm -hmm. that caballero means what we think of as cowboy but it doesn't really mean cowboy a real cowboy would be a vaquero or a gaucho well to be Um, fair i think that's a pretty good indication of what these three are two real cowboys in that they are different things yeah yes i I agree (laughs) one last interesting bit about vaquero which is again that spanish word Mm -hmm. for cowboy is that the word buckaroo is a weird corruption of that. So you've heard, Ooh. I'm assuming you've heard the word buckaroo before. I sure have, buckaroo. It comes from the word vaquero, which, mm-hmm. you know, if you kind of say them both at the same time, like, vaquero, buckaroo, buckaroo. Oh. You know, yeah. You know, Look, you, know yeah. you guys know what I'm doing at home. Yeah, we're, we're picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> well, that's all I had to say about that. Um, that's the three caballeros. I just thought it was interesting about, like, you know, that's the name of this movie. Like, what's a caballero? It's a... Yeah. You know. Also, like, it's weird to me that this that's the name of the movie because it's just such a... Like, the last third of the movie is all about the three caballeros, but they're not in, at all involved in the first two thirds or so. Right. It could be just called Donald's Latin Donald's American Latin American birthday. Adventure. Yeah. Which is admittedly less fun. So I'll grant them that. Yeah, I should mention that I had seen this movie before this experiment that we're doing <laughs> i rented it from the library with my family and we watched it on a car trip probably around like 2003 ish just because we were curious nice um i remember at the time being kind of bored with it but like we had heard of the movie because of the song the three copy yeah. which is the song itself i think is the thing that lives on yeah the three caballeros, the three caballeros, they say we are birds of a feather. We're brave and we'll stay so, we're bright as a peso. We say so, the three caballeros. I like the song a lot. Yeah, it's a really good song. It was notably not written by Disney people, which could explain why it's it's a good song. But <laughs> um, it is based on Well, and the, the, the lyrics were written by Disney folks. Yes, yeah. that is true. It's based on the ranchera song, I Jalisco No Terrajes, mm-hmm. which was written by a composer named Manuel Esperon, who is a Mexican guy. And they do keep that lyric in the song. Yeah, there's a little verse where they talk about that. Mm-hmm. 
Jalisco is a state in Mexico where Guadalajara is. Mm, nice. And yeah. So this this is a real a real song from Mexican people. It was written in a for a nineteen forty one movie, so it's not exactly this like really old song. You know, right. like, it's like three years old. Um I mentioned it was a ranchera song. Ranchera is it's it's basically it's when you think of mariachi groups, yeah. they're the people that are playing ranchera music. It came from, you know, the ranches of Mexico. It's kind of like what we think of as folk music for America, but like for Mexico. Mexican. Yeah. Right. Nice. Now, the lyrics for um, Three Caballeros were written by Ray Gilbert, who is an American composer. And do you know what he was most remembered for? Uh, writing Zippity Doodah? That's correct. He wrote the lyrics for Zippity Doodah. Um, a s- slightly more well known song, but I'd say mm-hmm. Three Caballeros is a, like pretty close. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm just disnified, but I think both of them is like fairly similarly well known. But either way, um, he wrote this one first, so mm-hmm. take that, zippity doo da. Yeah, he was the the main lyricist of this period, I guess. Yeah. Get out of here, Ned Washington. No, yeah. no room for you. Yeah. In the the Roaring Forties. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. Well, I really like the performance of this song too. The the singer is who plays Panchito. Mm-hmm. He is a real Mexican man, and he does a really good job. His name is Joaquin Garay. It's by the fun, way. and I like the animation of it a lot. Like it's it's Panchito and Jose and Donald all like wearing sombreros, and like all of a sudden they're best friends, even though Donald has never met Panchito before, even though Jose has, which I find a lot of enjoyment in. But suddenly they're like, we're three caballeros, we're three caballeros, and just, like, bopping around, like, having fun together. And I don't know, like, I think it's just really delightful. I think I most know this song from, initially, because it was on one of the Disney sing-along songs videos um, that, like, the owl introduces. Mm -hmm. And then I'm assuming that's you as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's probably where I knew it from and what caused me to then seek out the rest of the movie. Right, right. So, like, yeah, it just, it's a lot of fun. They bounce around. It has a lot of that, like, fun animation that this movie is really good at, things that are just a little bit larger than life. Yeah. Um, which is also what, like, I was reading some of the reviews from it, and some people do say that, like, the movie suffers because it's all these animation tricks and not, like, a story. Yeah, it's which very is, gag-heavy. Um, yeah. yeah. But, like, I don't know, like, I kind of, have you seen Into the Spider-Verse yet? Yes, I have seen that. Oh, isn't it good? Yes, it's very good. Yeah. But, like, well, a lot of the reviews about that, some of the things I was reading about that were saying that, like, one of the reasons it's so good is because it remembered that animation doesn't need to be realistic. Mm-hmm. You can, like, utilize the fun parts of animation to really make a larger-than-life story, which is something that they use in comic books still all the time. Um, and so a lot of the cool effects in Into the Spider-Verse are those things that, like, wouldn't fly in a real-life thing, but that's not why you're... An- but you're animating a movie because you want it to be a different style, not just because you can draw really realistically. Yeah. And I think that's something that we lose a lot in, like, more modern Disney movies where, yeah, they're really photorealistic. But, like, I like the cool gags. Like, I like how at the end of Three Caballeros, when Penchito's holding out a really long note, they, like... Yeah, that's a great... Yeah, yeah. They're, like, they're like slamming him in a coffin, and they bring the coffin away, and he's still there holding out the note. And they, like, cut the floor out around him, but the floor falls out around them instead, and he's still singing that one it note. A, a great example of the, the classic... And I don't know if there's a more 
scholarly like phrase Looney for it. Tunes-esque, right. yeah. Yeah, I call I would call it Looney Tunes esque. I don't know if there's a more scholarly description, but it's yeah. Looney Tunesy. Um, you know, they pu- their ability to pull things out of. I actually do know the term for this. It's called hammer space, where you just kind of like pull items out of nowhere. Yeah. As a cartoon character, so there's like pulling saws out of nowhere and like carving up the floor and. Um, you know, rules yeah. of physics don't apply, all that zany stuff. Yeah, like at get. the end of it, they're like about to like murder him, and like Jose's holding a saw, <laughs> and Donna has a small handheld cannon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like it's it's so fun, you know. Like yeah. I really enjoy it. You you can they, you can also become uh, get shot and you know get hit with rockets and things like that in right. the tunes, and you're not hurt, obviously. All, right, all that and, like, stuff. nothing against, like, obviously things like Moana are, mad, are absolutely majestic movies who are trying to do different things than this, but, like, I wouldn't mind if some of the movies today still had a little bit of the, like, an anvil falls in their head and they're fine. Yeah. Well, stay tuned for Space Jam 2, starring LeBron James. Yes! But, yes, it's a very good song. It's well-performed with that deep vibrato, strong male voice. Um... It's just a really nice song, and yeah, I had a lot of fun listening to it. You were not the only person in a uh, Mexico lately. I was in real Mexico Ooh. about a month ago. Even cooler than mine. Mine yes. was just the American version. In old Mexico, and in old Mexico, <laughs> I was I was in Cancun uh, and went into the uh, the Yucatan a little bit to see. Uh, the, that sounds so warm and uh, nice. Chichen Itza. Yeah, so it was really great, but. None of that matters. What matters is that, you know, when you'd go to restaurants and stuff, they would play, uh, you know, Mexican songs. And sure. I did hear I Jalisco No Te Rajes, I think at least a couple times, maybe nice. in, a, in a gift shop. You know, maybe they're just playing it because they're like, this is a song that American people know. So let's play it. <laughs> so they'll like, you know, feel influenced to buy our stuff. But right. um, did it that work? could be it. I bought some stuff. There you go. <laughs> but no, I did hear this. You know, you hear this and you hear... Uh, and, you know the I I A I, yeah, uh, Kanta Noyore song a lot. Those are those are two that you hear a lot. Um, yeah, Mexico's great, and New Mexico is also great. Yeah, and to honor that, we have a song written by Charles Wolcott, who is not Mexican, called nope. Mexico. And that's the song we're officially discussing on yes. this podcast. Yay! Woo! So this is the first time we see Panchito as he appears with this book about Mexico to sing this song or to to show this song about Mexico to Donald as they look through many lovely still pictures of Mexican countryside that later become a, a live action shot as they zoom through Mexico. And it is fine. Yeah, the song itself is... It's sort of like a lullaby kind of tone to it. Yeah, here, we'll, we'll play, play a little, little bit of it here. Yeah, it, it's very slow and melodic and, uh, and light and... Boring. It's sung by uh, a Colombian guy named Carlos Ramirez, and it is—it's fine. It's nice. Uh, I don't care for it or about it. Anyway, I just like like I honestly forgot about that song that it existed and had to like figure out which song we were talking about. Possibly yeah, by yeah. coming on the podcast prepared to talk about Three Caballeros and Frodo telling me we were talking about Mexico. <laughs> Well, yeah, it, it is. It's one of 
several songs that are yeah. like it in this movie. There's another song very much like it with Bahia where it's a man singing in the background and they show watercolor images. So the music itself is not interesting. I do think what is kind of interesting is the animation. First, it's these watercolor paintings of Mexico. And then, like you said, they open up the picture book and go mm-hmm. into it. So Donald and the rest of the two other caballeros get on a flying serape, like a, which is like a yeah. magic carpet. And they fly right into the book and into a live-action filmed version of, yeah. of is, is this the first Mexico. moment of live action we see in the movie or did we see it earlier with the woman we saw it earlier with the woman okay but either way but this, this is, is one of the first movies to use like to combine live action and animation which is super cool yeah and saludos amigos there's the live action and animated sequences but it, they don't overlap like we see here right and movie. it's done a couple times like yeah. there's a warner brothers film that does it um that came out just before this but i think this is the, like certainly the longest sequence so far yeah, right, right, right. The only other time I can think of it is when Mickey appears briefly with the conductor. Yeah, and in, he's just like a, like a silhouette. Right, right. It's cool. This is our first, you know, full-on Zippity-Doo-Dah yeah. style. Mary Poppins-esque. Yeah. What's interesting here is that Donald and the rest of the Caballeros fly into a real world, which is the opposite of, like, Zippity-Doo-Dah when we think of, like, a real character going into an animated world or or um, Mary Poppins, a real character going into an animated right, world. Right, right. flip here. Yeah, which is cool. I don't. I can't think of other times where that's really happened much. Mm-hmm. But we see like cars and stuff. You know, it's a very modern take mm-hmm. on Mexico. It's not like they're showing a bunch of peasants in a village <laughs> like most of Hollywood is showing. For right, so right. It's a good representation. Yeah, I mean, earlier in the film, you've got some. The the, the thing with the like all the dancing and stuff is very much like, is kind of like showing the like country ways. Yeah. 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 But, the, but yeah, but this shot, it's cool to see, like, the beach, and, like, it's same with what we saw in Saludos Amigos, like, it's cool when they showed Brazil that they showed the, the like, the city life. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's cool here. It's- what isn't cool is how Donald immediately tries to start picking up women. Right. And jumping off of carpets to do so. Right. Once the song ends and, we you know, we see these nice images of Mexico, then they fly over to Acapulco, and Donald and his friends are... You know, they see the ladies and they start whistling at them and mm-hmm. uh, Donald yeah. becomes like every other American man who visited Mexico. No offense to you specifically, Frodo. I'm sure you were polite. Yes. Yeah, but... He becomes Predator Donald is what I call him. <laughs> oh, no. I hate it, but it's so accurate. But the thing is, it's not even like Disney is trying to hide this. You know, like they're sort of like, like they're, they're playing it up. You know, oh, yeah. It's, it's like a very specifically a sexualized Donald. The, even when the magic carpet is flying around... Uh, over the women, they they play like sort of a war plane type of sound effects, like they're yeah. No, it's like (laughs) specific, and the women are like shown to be enjoying it, which is not, from my experience, the case when foul when birds drop down on your head at the beach. It's like unrelated to the sort of male gaze thing. They're like they're kind of they're like screaming, but like in a like we're having yeah, fun. It's like screaming. fun fifties beach volleyball screaming. Yes, or like you're twelve years old and a boy like tries to push you into the pool screaming. Right. This is it's very different than our other experience with magic carpets in Disney, where it's you know, a man and a woman together. You know, very. This respectful. is much more interactive with their surroundings yeah. than that one is. Although they do knock the snows off the Sphinx in that one. So that yeah, that's true. Yeah. This this one is. Is much more aggressive and right, uh, towards humans chasing, yeah. <laughs> chasing women. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's a great image, and I'm, I think I might even include this at, as our episode. 
image on uh, <laughs> on our Facebook post of Donald chasing some women on a beach. So you guys can Perfect. take a look You guys at that. can really revel in it. Just like we were forced to. Like it's it is all well animated. You know, yeah. Like you were saying, this is one of the first times that we've seen this depth of animation combined with live action, and Donald's really interacting with his environment. He goes like in a puddle. He yeah. pops out of the sand. I like when they have him. Like there's one point where they're like, there's a bunch of women like holding a blanket, and they're like throwing him up yes, in the air yeah. inside the blanket, and like the blanket is rising and falling just like it would if Donald was like a real weighted thing. And I'm curious actually how they did some of those tricks. It's good special effects. Cool special effects for your predatory behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the <laughs> legacy of the Three Caballeros, and specifically, the ride. Yeah, because they have quite a legacy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, the ride is where I'm most familiar with them, although I didn't realize this, that the ride didn't get the Three Caballeros yeah. until 2007. This is the Mexico ride at Epcot in Disney World, um, where you t- it's a dark ride, and you get in a boat, and it's nice... The ideal way to do this, just a pro tip for you planning your Disney trips, is you have a margarita first. You're not allowed to bring your margaritas on the ride. I have asked before. You're not allowed to. But you can have one beforehand, and then when you're enjoying that nice sort of just like gentle Florida sway from the margaritas that they have in the Mexican Pavilion, you get on the boat, and it's rocking just a little bit, and it's dark, and it's quiet. And if there's more than a five-minute wait for that ride, you don't go on it. It's not, it's, honestly, it's not worth the five-minute wait a lot of the time. If you wait another five minutes and like walk around, it'll have cleared out. But you just, you get on this nice, gently bobbing boat, and it takes you through scenes of Mexico. And until 2007, it was just scenes of Mexico. But then in 2007, they closed in January and opened again in April, which is a wildly fast turnaround time (laughs) for Disney. But they didn't do much except for, like, overlay, like, Donald and Panchito and Jose into some of the, like, video screens. So it's kind of like what you see in this movie, where it's live, live videos of Mexico with animated characters sort of over it. And then they popped um, some animatronics in a couple of years ago to the end of the ride. But otherwise, it's mostly just video screens. And then, like, they play the Three Caballeros song. And you just gently sway in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And it's and I love it. I love it yeah. very much. It's a hidden gem, I would say, mm-hmm. of Disney World. You have to, like, go into the Mexican pyramid. And it's dark in there. And it just all smells like the weird water smell that their water dark rides get. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. Yes. 10 out of 10 would recommend (laughs) (laughs) i'm giving the ride 10 sombreros out of 10 there is one other aspect of the legacy of this movie and that is a 2018 cartoon television show called legend of the three caballeros that really exists in the real world did you know amazing i i i didn't until i looked up a couple things today about it Apparently, it only was available on this Disney Life app, which is not a thing in America, and then it was on the Disney Channel in Southeast Asia, so I'm not – there does not seem to be a way to watch it in America. That's very disappointing. (laughs) Or good. Yeah. (laughs) Depends on on how uh, it is made, but – Yeah. Yeah, it exists. So I guess the the point of that is that you might think, oh, this is some weird 1940s movie – that no one cares about. Uh, it's kind of sexist. It's, you know, showing Mexican people as gun-toting cowboys. But then it also is something that Disney keeps alive, uh, yeah. strangely. Yeah, I mean, a few examples of it is that, like, they're in, they were in the Mickey Mouse Review. Um, they're part of Mickey's Magic in the queue. They've got, like, topiaries at, at a bunch of resorts. Alvin and the Chipmunks covered the Three Caballeros song um, for their 1995 Disney-themed album, When You Wish Upon a Chipmunk. 
<laughs> which was not sponsored by Walt Disney. Um, they pop up in House of Mouse um, pretty frequently. And there's one, and then they've got the ride at Epcot now. Um, they now are in the Disneyland section, or in the Disneyland is a small world section of Mex- the Mexico section oh, of that. Oh, cool, cool. They also have, this is my favorite thing, is they also have a couple comics that have come out recently. Um, one of them is the Three Caballeros Rides Again, which is like 2000 or something like that. But there's also a comic called the Magnificent Seven Minus Four Caballeros. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and that came out in 2005. Like, that was a 2005 Disney comic. But that's just a great title for anything that should be three, is the Magnificent Seven Minus Four. <laughs> <laughs> They're teaching you mathematics. Exactly. Children. Mathematics and references to very old other IPs, like the Magnificent Seven. The 2005 comic readers I don't think are all super familiar with. No, I doubt that. But they did remake The Magnificent Seven for some reason. That's true. Uh, We played the theme song in marching band in high school, which is the only reason I know it. That would have been the 60s version. Yeah, yeah. Um, But anyway, great for this. Just as a reminder, this episode was not about the Three Caballeros (laughs) song. It was about the song Mexico. And I think the fact that the episode sort of balanced the way it did will be reflected in our respective grades. Yeah, I'm going to give it a C, which is actually... Wow, that's a really high score for you. Well, I was kind of looking at what other songs I think are similar to it, and the other songs I've given Cs to are Baby Mine and With a Smile and a Song. I kind of felt like this went with those, like it's a pleasant tune that is kind of boring, so I'm going to give it a C for Calming. It's a calming Mexico lullaby. You're, that has made me bump up my score a little bit based on your opinion. Whoa, that's, you're not supposed to do that. You're I'm, supposed to. You want me to go with my. Own, you want to, you to follow my heart? Yes. Okay, I'm going to give the song two out of ten bouncing sombreros. That's fair. Yeah, because I just like. Like, there's a lot of songs that are calming and chill and nice that I do care about. And boy, I just didn't care about the song at all while I was listening to it. Like, the guy's voice was fine, but didn't, like, wow me. It's just, the lyrics weren't anything to write home about. There wasn't really any interesting animation going on to sort of make up for it. I uh, did like the animation. <laughs> I, th- I thought that the Donald and his friends flying through the live action was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, it's not often that you see a bunch of cartoon characters waving to, like, a Volkswagen or whatever it was as they, as they go by. I don't know. That's fair. Cool. And I, I thought about bumping up to a three, but I think I do have to stick with my, like, follow my heart. Stick to my guns, as Panchito would want me to do. Um, now that I think about it, it probably wasn't a Volkswagen since this is like the middle of like World War II. World War II, yeah. Nazi cars. Yeah. Okay, so so that's it for this movie. We're done. <laughs> it's done. I think Three Caballeros is pretty good. I think it has some segments that are maybe even more fun than Saludos Amigos, but on the whole, there are some. It's just long and kind of it, it can yeah. bore you a little bit, but. Uh, it makes me nervous that you like it so much because I know you've seen Make My Music and I'm sort of half assuming that you like it so much because you've seen Make My Music and know how bad it is in comparison. Yeah, that's part of it. You know, make, Yeah, that, that, that gives me some, some anxiety I mean, there. Make My Music is like if you took the, the first two segments of this movie and just added like nine more of the same type of thing. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to do some finagling to only get a couple episodes out of each of these yeah. next few just so that we're not on this forever as we've talked about. But in the meantime, take it as a cool stroll down Disney history you didn't know about, mm. and before you know it, we'll be on Cinderella. Yes. And one last thing, I want to give a shout out to uh, Thomas Siri, Thomas Siri, who won an online contest we had for to win a shout out on the Wishy Pod Club, which is our. 
Facebook fan group. So if you want to have your name read on the podcast, join or oh, like us on Facebook at mm-hmm. our Wishy Pod Star page, and then you can join the Wishy Pod Club fan group. Yeah, and then for the low cost of $500, we will, too, read your name on the yes, podcast. exactly. That was the contest. It was give us, Venmo <laughs> whoever us, gives us the most, yes. Yeah, whoever gives us the most money <laughs> it's an auction. will win their name. Yes. But the minimum was $4,000. Yes. <laughs> so. Okay, and yep. this has been Frodo Boyer. <laughs> this has been Amanda the Person. And thank you for listening to Wish Pot a Star.